Accidental kills happen, but so do murders. Annie Bella Wright's story happened so long ago, but it is still considered an unsolved case because they cannot prove which story was true. With questions hanging in the air, and now everyone involved dead, will Annie ever get justice? Or will her case stay frozen, gathering dust, with little hope of being solved? Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and today is episode two of the Annie Bella Wright story. I wanted to give you a warning. I'm coming down with a cold, so if I sound kind of funny, that's why. And I just want to apologize right now. And also, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make a really cool announcement. We've officially been around the world. Um, this podcast has been everywhere now, and that's super crazy. And I just wanted to thank everybody that's here listening, that's been here from the beginning, that's new. That's pretty crazy that we are now around the world. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. And so, yeah, that is just insane. But anyways, I don't really have any updates for you besides the fact that I've just got a normal cold. Um, so let's just go ahead and hop into the second part of Annie's story. If you remember last time, we talked a little bit about Annie when she went on her bike ride and then her body was found and kind of how they handled that. This is an older case and so, you know, things were taken care of a lot differently back then. Um, we also talked about how they found that green bike that a strange man was seen riding with Anna um, and how it was in that river, if you remember right. Um, we did also talk about how they looked over that bike until they found some serial numbers that were missed because the rest of them were scratched off. And when they went and did some research and tracked down this serial number, they discovered a man named Ronald Light had purchased the bike years prior and they finally had their first solid lead on who this mysterious man could be. So at this point, the police had his name and now his bike and a lot of questions. They tracked down where Ronald was living and they arrived at his home. This is when they informed him about what had happened to Annie and kind of asked him if he even knew who Annie was. He told them that he didn't even know that she was dead, much less murdered. But with a few more questions, he had actually slipped up and told them that he had read an article about it recently. So his stories already weren't lining up. They watched Ronald a little more and got a little more information about Ronald and Annie's relationship. And they ended up arresting Ronald on March 4th, 1920 at his job. They brought him into the office and they started to question him and try to charge him with the murder of Annie. In this questioning, they once again asked Ronald his story and he tried to stay innocent at first. But then he talked about how he had actually overheard his mother and their maid 
talking about Annie's case and about how she had died. So once again, his stories right off the bat are not adding up. When the authorities told Ronald about this unknown man that was seen riding a green bike with Annie the day that she was murdered, Ronald responded with that he never owned a green bike. This was until the authorities brought the proof forwards. They slid the receipt in front of Ronald that had his purchase of this green bike. And immediately, Ronald changed his story again. He informed the authorities that he did own a green bike, but he had sold it to a British army officer in 1916. When they asked him the name of this officer, though, he didn't have a name or any other information to give the authorities. He already had multiple different story changes at the very beginning of this, and really the straw that broke the camel's back was when they brought in those eyewitnesses that had seen him. And of course, they confirmed with the authorities that that was the man that they had seen with Annie that day. They brought in Ronald's mother now at this point, and they began questioning her. She did confirm that Ronald owned a green bike. I don't know where Ronald thought that that lie was going to get him. It was very clear that they could prove that he had a bike, especially once they began questioning his mother. Then they asked his mother about the night that Annie died. And if she remembers anything, this is when she responded that she remembers that Ronald came home very, very late that night. It was around 10 p.m. if her memory was right. When she asked Ronald why he got home so late, his story was that his bike had broken down and that he had to push it all the way home. They then proceeded to search Ronald's home and try to find the clothing that he was last seen at, but this clothing was nowhere to be found. At this point, they decided, with Ronald in custody and all the fingers pointing at him, that they were now going to check that lake one more time. They were going to give a really good in-depth check to try to find if he had put his clothing there or anything else that could connect the two. In this lake, they found Ronald's army holster and a bunch of live bullets. They ended up comparing the bullets to the one they found at Annie's murder scene that had killed Annie. And these bullets were a precise match to the bullet that had killed Annie. This is the point that they decided they were going to attempt to charge Ronald with the murder of Annie. During Ronald's trial in 1920, the press unfortunately seemed to lean more towards his side of things. They were very sympathetic of him and thought of him as a gentleman and a man that could do nobody no harm. The press then decided that they were going to claim that Annie was at fault and that Annie must have turned down Ronald's advances. 
they attempted to paint Annie as just a factory girl that turned down a man and she deserved to be murdered for it. Some of this was because Ronald did have a lot of money and people do think that Ronald may have paid the press. The press then argued that Ronald's only crime was keeping quiet and not coming forward that he was with Annie that day. They then decided that they were going to bring two young girls up to the stand to share a story they had about Ronald. This story actually takes place the night before Annie was murdered. And these two young girls, who were 14 and 12 years old at the time, were walking together when they came across Ronald. This is when Ronald attempted to split the girls up and then proceeded to act very intimidating and scary to them. These young women did not believe that Ronald had good intentions and did not allow him to split them up and they actually got away without being hurt at all, with just kind of a scary story to tell. They then began asking Ronald about the findings in the lake. This is when he would finally admit that the bullets were his that they found. And he got scared when they began questioning him about Annie, and he decided he wanted to attempt to get rid of any evidence that linked the two of them together. Then Ronald's attorney bit back and then proceeded to inform the courts that the bullet that killed Annie was a ricochet bullet that was meant to kill something else and that she was in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And even if it was Ronald's bullet that killed her, he was not aiming for Annie in the first place. They then brought up the fact that a close range shot would have caused much more damage to Annie than the damage that was already there. This is proof in their eyes that she could not have been shot by Ronald in any sort of close range and it had to have been an accident. They also tried to tell the courts that nobody saw Ronald and Annie together on the road that day and that was just pretty much a made up story so they decided to bring eyewitness after eyewitness up to testify that they had seen Ronald and Annie riding together. This was when Ronald would finally admit to the courts that yes, that was him that day with Annie. He saw Annie, spoke to her, helped her fix her bike, and then rode with her for a while. But they hit a fork. This is when Annie would turn right and he would turn left and he would never see Annie again. Then he shared the story of what kind of happened that day after he had left Annie at the fork. He told the courtroom that once he heard the news of what had happened to Annie that night, he panicked and he decided that he was going to hide the fact that he ever had anything to do with Annie because he didn't kill her and he knew what it would look like. His first step was hiding the bike. All he did was hide this green bike and never ride it again. 
This only made him feel better for a couple of months because then he decided somebody was eventually going to be able to track that back to him and they would find it and he had to get rid of the bike. This is when he would take the bike on one last ride in the middle of winter when it was cold and dark out because there would likely be no witnesses to see him throw the bike in the river. Once he got to the river, he began to take apart the bicycle, throwing each piece in one by one. That was until he got to that back wheel. He kept that piece for himself because it had a distinctive coasting brake attached to it. That, if they found the bike, which they did end up finding the bike in the river, it would be a lot harder to match it to him because it did not have that distinctive coasting break, if that makes any sense. He then walked home because he just threw his only means of transportation in this river, thinking nobody saw him. And when he got home, he decided he needed to get rid of the clothing that he wore that night. It is unclear what he did with this clothing. He has talked about how he sold it but the authorities believe that it was more likely that he destroyed this clothing. After this, he decided that he was going to apply for new jobs in a different area. This was so that nobody could recognize him and track him back down to Annie because he would have no reason to be down in the town that Annie lived in if he did not work there. This is the point where he would gain the job of a mathematical teacher and this is the job that he ended up being arrested at. Ronald felt like he was in the clear. That was until that witness came forward and then the police ended up coming to his door. Unfortunately, even after this story came out, they did not feel like they had enough proof that Ronald Light was responsible for the death of Annie Bella Wright and he walked free. The authorities do believe in the idea that Ronald tracked Annie down with malicious intent and he either followed her, scared her, forced her or something onto this road. This is where Ronald would either put the moves on Annie and she would turn him down or he would force himself onto Annie and she would fight back. Either way, he got so mad at Annie that he ended up shooting and killing Annie and then fleeing from the scene. Once he fled from the scene, he decided to try and erase himself from Annie's life and the situation. And this is where we go back to what he talked about in court and removing the bicycle from himself and trying to delete all of that information. I don't know how they did not have enough evidence. I feel like even today, we have cases where we have less evidence and they still get charged. The fact is, is they found literally his bullets that matched the same bullet that killed Annie. I don't really understand how this is considered an unsolved case and how Annie did not get the closure that she deserved because in my mind it's very clear that Ronald had something to do with it. The only other 
theory that the authorities had was the one I briefly talked about earlier, which was the crow theory. In this theory, it is hypothesized that Ronald was not the one responsible at all and that the bullet that killed Annie was from a service revolver that was fired from a rifle while somebody was out and about shooting birds. Because remember that large crow that was dead in the field that Annie was found by? The theory is that there was a very large crow sitting on this gate when somebody was hunting for the birds. They ended up pointing their gun at this bird and shooting at it. At that point, Annie rode her bicycle past this gate, which then ended up with the bullet passing through the crow and entering Annie's face, killing her. Which I can kind of see where that comes from. I almost feel like it was backwards though. I do feel like Ronald was involved and that he did either put the moves on Annie and she turned him down or he tried to force himself onto her and she fought back riding away. I feel like she would have taken a different route because Ronald probably scared her and she was hoping that he was going to disappear on her way home and not follow her all the way home. And after he tried to put the moves on her and she tried to get away from him, he pulled the gun on her and shot her in the face. Um, he probably was standing while she was trying to ride away from him, which is why her face did not have the up-close wounds because he wasn't up close. And then I do believe that that bullet passed all the way through Annie and hit that bird. And that's how that bird ended up dead. Not necessarily the bird died first and then Annie. I don't think that was the case. And then I think Ronald realized what he did and he rode off and tried to hide it as best as he could. And unfortunately for Annie, Ronald got off scotch-free. But that's just my opinion on it. Like I said, this is still an unsolved case and now everybody involved is dead. There are a lot of different ways that this could have gone, that Annie could have ended up dead. And there are still so many questions in Annie's case that we're never going to get answered. Why was Annie on that road in the first place? She never took that road. And yeah, the bird dying and being shot is also very strange. This case sounds like it's going to be a debate for decades. That nobody's going to ever know what happened to Annie Bella Wright. And unfortunately for her, it doesn't sound like Annie's ever going to get the justice that she deserves. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities 
but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.